In the name of Jesus, amen. If last week we thought St. Ambrose was a bit of an unknown person, then I'm sure St. Lucia today is even more obscure. Yesterday on the church's calendar was St. Lucia Day, or St. Lucy Day, if you want to make a Charlie Brown reference. But we have simply transferred her to today. St. Lucia is actually a very fascinating person. She was born in Sicily in 283 AD, and her parents were extremely wealthy. They were members of high nobility. However, Lucia's father died when she was a very small child, and she and her mother were left alone. Lucia's mother taught and raised Lucia in the faith, and Lucia was a very, very faithful young woman. In fact, even though she had inherited her father's inheritance, she had much wealth, she decided to devote all of her worldly goods to the service of the poor. But in the end, her mom would not let her do this. But then something changed with her mother's mind. Lucia's mother had suffered for several years from a hemorrhage, a chronic flow of blood. Lucia said that she always prayed for her mother. She always told her mother that she prayed for healing, and evidently those prayers were answered. Her mother was simply restored back to health. Her bleeding stopped. In response to this wonderful gift of healing answered in prayer by God, Lucia's mother told Lucia, that you can do whatever you want to do with your father's inheritance. Take it and give it away to whoever you want to give, whether they are wealthy or the poor. There's just one problem, though. Lucia was engaged to a deceitful young man. Now, this was not something that she decided to do. She was actually arranged to be married to this guy. And this young man whom she was engaged to be married to was not a Christian. In fact, he loved Lucia's inheritance more than he loved her. So when she gave away all of her wealth to the poor and the needy, he was furious. His greedy moved, greediness moved him to revenge. And he went to the governor of Sicily and told him that Lucia was a Christian. During the year 303, Christianity was forbidden. It was illegal. The emperor Diocletian was persecuting the church and Christians in all sorts of places. All that somebody had to do was simply show up before the emperor and say, this person is a Christian. And the authorities would take that person, they would arrest them, and execute them. If they didn't deny or recant their Christian faith by cursing Christ and offering incense to Caesar, they could be killed, if not tortured. So Lucia, who took care of the needy and the poor, was brought on trial, and she was told to deny her faith. What if this happened to you today? What if you were brought before the federal government or the state capital here, and you were told that you would either be tortured or killed for attending church today, for being simply a Christian. In a land of religious liberty and freedom, we can't imagine this. 
We've seen it in other places in the world, but think about the freedoms that we have to come and go in a place like this to believe, and think about how many times we look at this place, maybe as a chore, an obligation, or something that we're just not interested in becoming too involved with. Imagine if you had a laser from a gun sight pointed at you as you walked in or out of this place. In the end, Lucia did not deny her faith, even in Christ, even under this threat. And as a result, she was tortured. The way she was tortured is gruesome. They cut out her eyes. And then she was executed shortly later, perhaps even being burned at the stake. Her martyr's death immediately made her famous in Sicily, and the story of her life and death, with some embellishments, obviously lives on today. She gives us not a great example of simply somebody that we would pray to. We don't do that, but she gives us a great example of being an incredibly wealthy person who showed mercy, love, and kindness all in the name of Christ to those who were in despair. St. Lucia is actually very popular amongst Lutherans, maybe not in the United States, but if you go to Denmark, Latvia, or Finland, or places like Sweden, yesterday was St. Lucia Day. And you'll also notice that if you go to those places, it's an incredibly dark time of the year. There's very little sunlight in December. If you think it's bad out right now, imagine living in so much darkness. Just a few short hours of sunlight each day. I was thrilled to see the sun sort of pop out this morning and when I drove into work, I even brought the DPM outside and said, look, it actually does exist here. If you are in a place like Denmark or Finland or Latvia, it's a place where natural light just does not exist this time of year. And as you all know so too well, it can be depressing. St. Lucia is remembered on December 13th in this region as a focus on her life, but even more so, Lucia's name simply means light. Residents of this area of Finland, Denmark, and other places celebrate by having one of their daughters of the house dress up in a white robe with a crown of lighted candles on her head, going throughout the house singing from room to room early in the morning while it's still dark to awaken other family members and to offer them cakes of saffron bread. Kind of breakfast in bed, if you will. There are several reasons for this tradition, though. First of all, Lucia is said to have brought bread, so much bread, to the needy people who were living in caves because they were being persecuted as Christian, Christians. This gift also reminds us of Lucia's faith that pointed to Jesus, who is our bread of life. Now, if you don't do this, if you don't do this next year or wherever else, I'm not saying that you aren't a Christian, but these saints that we've looked at this Advent season are really fascinating to see how they lived out this life of Christ that you've been given before us. The other aspects of Lucia's tradition are also important. The white robe reminds us of Jesus' holiness, what we heard of in the 
book of Revelation today. The saints who have died in Christ, those who are buried with Christ in baptism. As we heard, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Lucia was tortured. Her eyes were gouged out in and amongst the great tribulation of this sinful and darkened world. Her faithfulness did not arise from her own goodness or her giving away of her earthly wealth, but it came by the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. The crown of candles that they wear is also a great significance for a couple of reasons. First of all, it indicates that even when Lucia no longer had her eyes to see, she could see by faith the light of Christ. She could not see physically, but by faith she saw even better. Far better than her persecutors could ever see. Though physically blind, she had perfect vision as, an un, as a believer. For she was enlightened by the gift of the light of the Holy Spirit. Furthermore, the fact that these candles are worn as a crown remind us of the crown of glory that all believers will be given through Christ in heaven, as Jesus talked to his own disciples about today. Though her worldly life ended in darkness and torture and death, her eternal existence is one of light and life, even as it is for you, the faithful. For Jesus has looked at you as well in the midst of this tribulation, in the midst of this darkened world, and he says to you as well, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jesus entered our world of darkness by literally becoming one of us. He was born at midnight in the cold that he might warm us with the light of his presence. It's fitting that Jesus' birth is celebrated on December 25th, the darkest points of the year. But it's not the winter solstice. December 25th is after the winter solstice, and the tradition and custom of that is because the beginning of the light is starting to grow brighter. He is the light who wins out over the powers of darkness. Even though Jesus suffers on the cross under a dark shroud of sacrifice for our sin, on the third day he would walk out of the gloom of death in the resurrection life. He is the son of righteousness who has risen with healing in his wings. As we heard this past Sunday and through faith in him, we too are conquerors over death and the devil. St. Lucia was never more of a better person than you or me, but she did bear witness to the fact that in her life and in her death, she was faithful just like you and me. In fact, the word martyr literally means a witness. In giving away much of her goods and wealth and help to the poor, she bore witness to the love of Christ, who through her was rich for our sakes, yet became poor, though he through his poverty came so that you might be rich. She bore witness to a belief in God as the creator who can and will provide for all of your daily needs. And even if you are rather wealthy, it's not that Jesus simply says you cannot enter 
the kingdom of heaven. He says it's all done through him. She, wore, she bore witness to a belief in God in a sense that God would provide for all of this. And in death, she bore witness to God as the recreator who is more powerful than anything or anyone in this life. She testified that she loved the Lord and his salvation even more than life in this world itself. Like Abraham, she was looking for a better country, a heavenly one. She knew that the only way to have a life in the world to come was to lay down your life for the world that is. And so it is for you and for me in Advent. As you set your hearts to the coming of the Lord, we see dimly, there we will see clearly. You may not be called to be a martyr. You may not have a death sentence placed upon you for being a Christian or for attending Grace Lutheran Church on an afternoon here in Little Rock. But you are given to testify in word and deed and to take up Jesus' cross. Jesus said, he who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Baptized in the Christ, you are given to live the pattern of his life his humility, his mercy, his love, his glory, his death before the resurrection, crucifying our old sinful nature that he might now live in and through you. What we see with Lucia is that this faith is not easy. It's truly the narrow road which you are called to run on, but along this road, as Hebrews says, you are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Abraham and Joseph, Moses, Gideon, David, Samuel, prophets and apostles, saints and martyrs, even somebody like Lucia. But above all, you are upheld by him who laid this path for you and who has already run it for you, Jesus. Consider him, as the book of Hebrews says, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let us run with endurance, or actually, as it says in the Greek, let us run with agony, the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, you are the joy. You are the joy that he sets before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. By faith, your road will end up where Christ's ended, for you will be with him. What is now called a candle only in the darkness will soon be the dawning of everlasting day. As you just sang a few moments ago, the night will soon be ending. The everlasting day of his resurrection at Jesus' return. So let us set the joy that is set before us, so that like Lucia, we may walk like the others who've gone before us. In the endurance, in the agony, in the tribulation, but never ever alone. Always with Christ who is your strength, your help, and your redeemer. Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.